Welcome to That Shady Buffalo Podcast, a podcast about unimportant things that for some reason are important to us. I am your host, David Cole, and this week we're having lots of fun. We're talking about Disney animated movies from 1970 to 1999. And as you can hear in my voice, we're already having too much fun. Uh, I'm joined by three lovely guests two of which are um, new to the show and excited to have them on here. So first, not a new guest, Devin is here. Devin Cunningham is back Yo. ready to give his hot takes and go on rants about movies. <laughs> Devin, uh, how's your Monday going? Oh, I, hey, let me just say, I'm just glad to be here. Been looking forward to this all day. Monday was a trial. I made it through it. God is good. And now I'm ready to talk about Disney. Talking about 2D animation movies 2d yep yes. 2d real artwork in the, in the works here speaking of artwork georgian i'm always really uh impressed and jealous of the artwork that you put on uh, instagram and the sketches that you do georgian pedigo joining us here uh and i when i thought about doing this i'll tell you georgian you were one of the first people i thought of so i'm excited to have you on um how's it going in the world of georgian on, on a monday here today uh, it's going good. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm really, really excited. Uh, when you, the, I got a message from the Shady Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really know what was happening, uh, but then I realized who it was, and I was like super, super excited, especially when you said it was an animation episode. Because yeah. man, that's just a blast. So I'm, yeah. I'm, but today's been great. So. Awesome. Yeah, I think when I think back to you and I in terms of a friendship, I, I feel like we always kind of knew each other just because of Calvary, right? And then I can remember a time when I either I either overheard or you overheard. Well, either way, one of us talking about Doctor Who, and then the other yeah. one, the other one of us was like, "Oh, okay, we can be friends." Right. <laughs> uh, I remember what was it the fiftieth anniversary? Yeah, probably. We all saw that was huge, or not fiftieth yeah. anniversary, but what was it? It was. It was a big it, episode milestone. Yeah, it was something huge, like five five hundred episode. It was something. It was a big like anniversary episode. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was pretty cool. So, so Kate Anderson is also here, also a really big fan of Doctor Who, right, Woo! Kate? You you yeah. also love Doctor Who, right? I know who that guy is. I've watched like one episode of Doctor Who, and it was like the water zombies or something. And then this guy's like, "I control time," and it kind of like made me question the sanity of the movie of the TV show. And so, like since then, I've been like, "Hmm, you maybe." To- <laughs> you must press on. It's so worth it. Yeah. yeah well then there was also an episode about the last human being who's basically like a sheet of gel oh, and she's yes. like i need to be moistened and i'm like nah girl you can't do that <laughs> she's like hydration i need it and i'm like and she's just like a face on like this like sheet of gel and i'm like wow humanity you have fallen so far hey i think i would give you maybe like a dollar every episode that you would do a commentary for <laughs> <laughs> 
Just like watch <laughs> Doctor Who and, and and record yourself, just like on your phone. Even doesn't have to be high quality. Just record yourself, <laughs> but, vo- but it, vo- voice memo, and I'll pay no, you a dollar per no, episode. But it needs to be an hour's worth of material. She can't just get on and go. Hey, I can hey. talk a lot, and you I talk can. to myself all the time. Everything in my apartment. <laughs> is personalized because I live alone. So like my coffee cup, I'm like, hey girl, let's get this day started. Like we gotta do this. Yes. Like hold my hot coffee. I, yeah, so. I had a pet spider at one point uh, and it lived, <laughs> it lived on my stairs and I named him Cedric just because it was the only other living, breathing thing in my apartment. And my parents yeah. were making visit. I was like, yeah, I have one rule when you come in my apartment, you can't step on my spider. And they were like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> you need some friends yeah for real they're like get out of the house we're gonna kick wrong, George. Uh, so I'm... we're uh we're, yeah. so lonely <laughs> <laughs> and kate needs to pump herself up so much in the mornings <laughs> she's getting her herself coffee. confidence from her coffee cup yeah, yeah. And, and not in the way you think <laughs> oh. I, like, the other I, day oh. I was like in the cereal aisle and I had like a full on like monologue conversation with myself with like multiple like sides of debate, like in the middle of the, the cereal aisle in public. And then I like look over and there's like a worker and he's like walking down the aisle and I like was like, ah, humans and like had like a deer reaction and then like scurried away. And I was like, I'm not fit for like public consumption anymore. Like, <laughs> I- <laughs> see, I think you know what, you know what we need and we need like someone to listen to this like Georgian and create just like those, those uh, storyboard sketches yeah. of, of Kate telling that 45 second story. And then when I just have one request, when it says she scurries all fours, that's what we want. All fours down the aisle like the, uh, <laughs> to the checkout line. Like the as grudge. Fast as she could. Yes. The grudge exactly. yes. Girl. That's why I pictured exactly this podcast episode is I will start storyboarding that out. Storyboarding Kate stories. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right, I'm guys. just yes. letting you know that David's podcast has been waiting its whole life for you to be on. It's true. <laughs> the bodacious buffalo or the rambunctious I, buffalo. I basically yes. give it like a different like adjective every time. Please like, I'm like, continue. Yeah, like the list that I made, I like literally it's titled Bodacious Buffalo because every single time, like whenever I try to search the the podcast like on Instagram, I'm like, crap, what's the actual adjective? Like, I mean, I'm sure you just type buffalo, it'll work, but whatever lens you view, Mm. like always says wrong answers only. Yeah, yeah, I would prefer actually, maybe that's you. I don't know, and I just didn't know it. Oh, maybe, maybe you have found other podcasts on accident. Through looking at the wrong adjectives. Yeah, I know a lot about like bovine information. (laughs) (laughs) Got a lot of data. Oh man. Okay. So we're gonna try to try to steer this back in the the right track here just for just for a few minutes. Uh, so we are we are, believe it or not, going to talk about Disney movies. We're gonna start off though with what I like to do almost every episode is talk to my guest about how they got into these topics, what kind of brought them in and what's kind of kept them interested in this so we're gonna go back to Devin. Devin, what how would you say how, how would you describe how you became a fan of disney animation and kind of what has kept you a fan of disney animation it's disney uh animated movies have been a part of my life since i mean from early from some of my earliest memories are of watching uh disney animated films and i don't want to you know i mean 
but it's not just films that came out when I was young. It was some of the older classics like, you know, Snow yeah. White and Pinocchio and uh, uh, Robin Hood. Just so many great. It taught me as a young kid how to appreciate a good story. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even know it. Those kind of movies help kids develop a sophisticated film palette. And <laughs> that's the most pretentious I, thing you've ever said. On I, a know, podcast. Also, I, I know. Also, I firmly disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so surprised, Kate. Here's I'm the so thing. shocked Here's that you would disagree I with know that. It, I know it's not that deep. I know it's not that deep. But I don't think really, you're wrong. I think, it, I think it does because, you know, not all Disney movies are great. I mean, like Captain. Winter, winter, yeah, exactly. So, but there are some that are really, really good stories yeah. told in probably one of the greatest art forms ever, which is uh, 2D animation. So I, uh, I've always just been captivated by Disney 2D. So I think talking about um, being impressed and captivated by, by 2D animation is probably a good segue to talk about uh, George and how you kind of got into, into all of this uh, animation in general, if you want, but also just Disney in particular. For the formative years, I think of my life, I grew up thinking, I think I wasn't, I thought I was a cartoon, like when I was a child. <laughs> and it annoyed everything out of my family, I'm pretty sure, because <laughs> I'm like, I wouldn't, re I wouldn't react to certain situations like a normal human being. I literally thought I was a cartoon character in church, at home. And so, and I, I loved, first of all, I love art, always liked to draw since I was a kid. So obviously the 2D part of it was a blast. I grew up on a lot of stuff, Disney uh, and non-Disney, Live, Breathe, Ate, Scooby-Doo, mm -hmm. um, which sounds more, oh, yeah. but it's not really what I meant. But <laughs> but no, I, uh, in anything like Looney Tunes, uh, yeah. but then also Disney was huge. And especially, I feel like anybody, you know, from 80s, 90s, early 2000s, that where 2D was everything on tv it was everything in the theaters it was everything this is back when like 2d animated movies were winning oscars it was just the different era of art and just the beauty of like i love animation as an art form when they broke the code 24 in like 24 frames played in one second making fluid motion it's just one of the most beautiful art forms there are and it's it's making magic come to life yeah uh, and I, I know i just love that so yeah, I think that's a that's a valid point. I think we we talked about that a lot. The la the first episode we did um, a few weeks ago, talking about the early Disney stuff, but it's still true here, and it is honestly like just kind of stays true in different forms, even once they move on from two D. There's still a lot of truth to that statement about um, how much skill and talent goes into animation and um, how gorgeous it can be. So uh, on that note, Kate. How did you become a big fan of Disney animation? So when I was a toddler, I was a psychopath. And you guys think that I'm like a lot now, but like I was so much more as a toddler, like <laughs> actually insane. But the one like drug of choice that I had was Disney movies and like really TV engine. I literally was like obsessed with 101 Dalmatians, like as a very young child, like I, my aunt one year for Christmas got me like the little figurines of the 101 Dalmatians. And like, I don't have any of those left because I was a psychopath and I've lost all of them, <laughs> but like I had them. Cassie and had a so, bunch of those too. Yeah. And like, so just from very young age, I was like very, very interested. And I really liked animals when I was really young. 
And so I was just like really into that. And then um, now that I'm older, I like kind of developed more of like, I really like making, a, <laughs> this kind of goes along with me like talking to myself all the time. So really the, <laughs> just the pandemic kind of opened Pandora's box really in my life. Um, I've always like told myself stories and been like a big storyteller and not like for public consumption again, but like just for, <laughs> for myself, like, and to make myself fall asleep. Oh, 100%. Like, I don't need any other humans, really. I mean, I do, <laughs> but, like, I'm also, like, I could be, like, I'm an island unto myself accidentally all the time. <laughs> and so to put myself to sleep even now, I'll be like, okay, let's go through the repertoire and we're going to tell ourselves a story. And then I, like, do that and I'm that's how I fall asleep still. So I think that that culture of, like, storytelling and, like, putting things together and stuff like that, I think was really, like, nurtured by Disney and, like, they're putting their different stories together and whatnot. Yeah. Kate, yeah. what what are you? Are you an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert? Like what in the world? I think I'm an accidental introvert. And so like <laughs> I am supposed to be an extrovert, <laughs> but like I also am like alone a lot of time. I mean, I live alone and like none of my family lives in Illinois. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, and I work from home now too. So like I tell my coworkers all the time when I'm in the office, I only work going to the office two days a week. I'm like, guys, if I do anything that's like not publicly appropriate, don't, it's, I'm not going to be offended. Like, that's totally fine. Just tell me. And then like, even we have masks now. So like my facial expressions, which I've always been really expressive with my facial expressions. Mm -hmm. I have no control over that. And like, I don't have to be like where I don't show my facial expressions with a mask. And so if it comes off and I'm like, when someone says something, like I don't have control over that. I'm literally alone all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our backstory. I already kind of gave my backstory very similar to what you guys are talking about grew up watching these movies and loving them for several reasons something that we haven't mentioned yet i always loved also and i'm sure that all of you probably will agree on some level also on top of the storytelling the animation the third big quality for me was the music and some of these movies here knock that out of the park so i'm excited to talk about that i would say all of them yeah. all of them in some way yeah. knock it out of the park yeah yeah so for this, this they list. all have at least a song that I still listen to. Yeah, that's true. One I mean, of them on my list specifically for that. I'm I might know what you're talking about. That's interesting. So like I was going through and making my list today, and I was like, I I would get to a certain movie and be like, oh yeah, this is a movie that has this certain song, and it would kind of like remind myself and get caught up in it, and then be like, oh, but I can only pick five, <laughs> and then get sad. So, there should be a whole separate episode just to like do the different songs like yeah forget the movies like Your we're just doing songs here favorite disney songs i mean yeah. hey that's a thing so for this episode this is the second disney animation episode we did the first one we did everything from 1937 to 1969 and this is from 1970 to 1999 um, i believe on the the eras list that I found that was made by like a fan group or I don't, I don't it, there's a wiki page for it kind of sort of it's hard to find uh, the wiki pages but there are several blogs that talk about it and there's lots of YouTube videos that talk about it so I don't know where it came from exactly and I can't figure that out so I'm just gonna not worry about that <laughs> but the <laughs> eras we're talking about are labeled the bronze age which is 1970 to 19 like 80 something and then the renaissance which is the 80s and 90s, mostly. Um, and I think the first movie that kicks off the Renaissance is, um, I want to say Aristocats is the, is the oldest movie, right? And then I want to say that The Little Mermaid 
is the first of the Renaissance, I believe. Yes. It's either that or Oliver that, and Company. That, it's Little one of those Mermaid. two. I believe it's Little Mermaid. So the movies in that era that we're talking about here, and if I'm missing a couple, that's okay. I don't. We, we realized that in the old movies, the old era, there weren't a lot of offshoot movies or like sequels or straight to DVD or I, mean, I guess straight to, straight to VHS um, movies because there just weren't as many movies being made. And I don't know what it is about the, the, this list of these eras, but there are some movies that are not on the list that if my guests include them, then like they're obviously Disney movies. So things like a Goofy movie, for example, was just not on this list. And I don't really know why. And if any of you guys have it, it's totally fine. But the movies that were on the list, like the, like the official, unofficial, fan-made Disney eras list was Aristocats, Robin Hood, uh, the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, The Rescuers, The Fox and the Hound, The Black Cauldron, The Great Mouse Detective, Oliver and Company, The Little Mermaid, The Rescuers Down Under, The Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, and Tarzan. I almost said Milan, like the city, and I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Whole different thing. Uh, so we're going to do our top five lists off of those movies there, as well as any others that were came out in that era of 1970 to 1999. But before we get into that, we are going to take a quick break. So we'll see you here in one second. And welcome back. So we're going to get started. Top five Disney movies from 1970 to 1999, starting with Devin's number five. I'm coming in with a hot take already. Uh-oh. I mean, I'm so sorry. I and David, you know, you've we've been a part of enough uh, list creations throughout the years between our <laughs> friends group to know. I it's hard for me to pick based off of what my favorite is, and I try and pick on what I believe is the best choice. Yeah, I try so, to marry those two things if I can, but it's difficult. And so I say that to say this: that my top five is probably a marriage of both of those. Yeah. And my number five is The Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Does anybody have that higher than number five? No, because I'm not three years old. Hey, uh, be nice to Winnie rude. the Pooh. Ugh. I hate, <laughs> you're a hateful, hateful person. Okay, first of all, <laughs> say that again, Kate. Here, here, no, don't say it again, Kate, because first of all, it's my turn still. So I'm going to explain myself and then you'll have plenty of time to cut in and out of video feed and not be able to articulate your point, but just make fun facial expressions that only we can enjoy. So I'm just going to keep <laughs> moving on here. So Winnie the Pooh is a classic tale. It is. Uh, it's, it's a classic Disney movie. And of all the franchises, it is not even Mickey Mouse has that many feature film releases. It is oh, wow. Winnie the Pooh and company. So he is beloved all over the world. He is also associated with uh, China for some reason. So I think it's uh, important to keep that in mind. Uh, but <laughs> so I, I think I think it's it's that's not why I put. I did not make that for. Uh, I did not make that number five for that terrible joke. So edit that out if you need to i don't even know what the joke is he's a winnie he the like pooh, yellow bear no winnie the pooh looks like the 
the prime, like the prime minister. Oh, that that, that meme. Oh, okay. Oh. I just didn't oh get the God. meme. I just didn't get yeah. it. So I was like, I thought what? The color. It was like red yeah. for communism. Like I don't yeah. know. <laughs> red shirt. <laughs> Oh, where's where's Duffy going with this? Uh. So, but on top of that, I love how they it changed the way they told that story. So Winnie the Pooh, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, classic story, bedtime story for kids. And then they took what Walt did was take a took a uh, classic children's book and brought it to life. Told many of those stories but kept it in that book form, which was so original for its time and helped kept the pacing alive in that, in that movie. And we've talked about this before, David. Kids' movies, they are some of the best paced uh, films out there. Yeah. And it also has some, not I wouldn't say that like they're banger tunes, but they are catchy songs. Oh, yeah. Catchy oh, yeah. songs like, Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh, or uh, the wonderful the thing about Tiggers is a wonderful thing. The top's yeah. made of the rhubarb, or I'm just a funny old rain cloud. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's a lot of little nice uh, tunes that are just catchy, get stuck in your brain, mm-hmm. and it's a nice, easy uh, watch. It's There's no stress. He, you know he's going to get out of that rabbit's hole but his butt's going to get decorated first <laughs> and on and you know it's also fun to watch winnie the pooh if you think of him as lyndall anderson because it's it's uh, very much similar because winnie the pooh is one sassy my bear. lord yeah very similar to oh bother <laughs> my lord i got a rumbly in my tumbly so i think I think if it adds a little extra to it if you watch it with that in mind. I can't recover. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that the epi- the picture or the the scene where he's like in front of the mirror, like touching his toes and stuff oh, like that. With a whole different touch height. the ground puts me in the mood <laughs> for food. Yeah, except yeah, it'd be like it. half speed, like Lindell speed. <laughs> um, also, we need to discuss. We need to discuss that you just described. Winnie the Pooh songs as bangers. No, I like, said they're that can't not. just be glossed over no, because you listen. like intermixed it with like song titles. Like, no, no. listen, listen. <laughs> I, Kate, I said are they are wrong. not. Okay, can we Everything have the playback? Say, can we have day. the playback, please? Can we have that read back to me? No, yes, that's right. I said they are not absolutely. They come bangers. with so many bangers, like no, Winnie not. the Pooh. David, I'm just an old rain cloud. Hey. Can you take the only one that literally was like at like some sort of time signature was Tigger? Hey, he said they're not bangers. (laughs) They're not. I said they're not. (laughs) (laughs) David, I I demand you leave this in. I demand this is left in. I need vindication. Literally, all I can think of. I need evidence. Was a banger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The Huff Lumps and Losers. Do where? Well, all I could think of was how much he likes Gaithers, and then I was like, oh, this makes sense why he likes Winnie the Pooh so much. Makes sense why he likes Winnie the Pooh. Those don't correlate at all. Yeah, there's not much of a connection there. They're both musics that I don't like. There you go. Okay. That's that's a connection, I guess. Sorry, Gaither people. 
Okay. Sorry, Gaither people. <laughs> okay, well, that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> oh, well, still, I'm glad you feel better. You too many Pooh Bear songs. So where's the transition here? I, I was I'm so, trying to find I was it. so thankful for I'm, the... I'm just going to... Hey, Wait, can I, just, can I no, say one more thing? No, it's not even your turn yet. It's not even your turn yet. So... I know, but... <laughs> I'm just going to say also... I told you guys I'm opinionated. No kidding. Uh, I have truly met my match on this podcast, so... Uh, it is uh i don't even know winnie the pooh is my number five whatever i it was a it was an honorable mention this would be a recurring theme for me that like if this was if it was a top 10 list podcast i would have probably no issues making a top 10 list and just be like giving credit to all these 10 movies um but making it top five made it really hard and this was a tough cut i had to like i watched this movie a thousand times as a kid i was Mm -hmm. a massive fan of winnie the pooh i had um, like lots of the VHSs of like they would do like two for one things or like kind of like um, old cartoons. I I, I I remember probably the most recent cartoon that does this is SpongeBob that would do two episodes basically in half an hour. Yes. So uh, George, the- help me out. Do you remember the uh, New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh? Yes. Was- yes. Yeah, I, I had gotta those. get up. That's what I'm talking about. I gotta yeah. get- oh, you. That's what yes. you're talking about. Yes. Now, those. Kate, those are I don't amazing. care what you say. The intro that song, song is a banger. That is a banger. That'll be stuck in your head the whole day. Pooh bear, Winnie the Pooh bear. It's na, making na, all na, kinds na. of faces. It's a good song. <laughs> yeah, look it up. So look it up. I watched those on like repeat. Look it up and have a childhood, you calloused heart. <laughs> I I was a psycho from a very young age, but I also was like introduced to like older things very early, and apparently she I fell missed a, the Pooh she bear. She fell asleep every night to the black cauldron that's what her number one is gonna do <laughs> no, i didn't i had nightmares on that get, get wrecked had, that was not okay no no why did he have a welder's mask on why that was a kid's movie i had nightmares for years i haven't seen it so i can't even tell what you're talking about that's one that's one that i just haven't seen it was gary david wow. it was- i was i saw that when i was yeah this is so off topic already but like i i like saw that when i was a kid and was for forbade Forbidden. 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 Scary. They forbade, forbade you. I was forbade to watch it ever <laughs> again until I was like an adult because it scared me. It was the same. It was on the same level as Scooby Doo Zombie Island. Like it just like freaked you out so much. Films I watched as a kid and then like peed my pants and then my parents were like, "Guess what? You can't watch that." Until you're 20. <laughs> and then I peed my pants again at 25 and then you know, still scared. Yeah. So yeah, I'm we assuming it's not you're not, not on your list then. Oh, yeah. Sorry, so, David. Sorry, my hot take took us down this road. My it's bad. okay. It's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make it back on time. Uh, I mean, maybe not on time, but we'll make it back on track at some point in time. Yeah. So, Georgian, go ahead and give. What your is number- time? I go- control time. <laughs> Georgian, go ahead and give your number five. My number five. Okay. My number five is Oliver and Company. Okay. Does anybody else have that one higher? I guess it's a no. Okay, Georgian, go ahead. Tell us why you put Oliver and Company uh, on, on your list here. Okay, Oliver and Company came in at a five for me. In the, okay, I want to give them my list of reasons. Number one is because whoever the director was who chose to cast Billy Joel as an yep. animated dog yep. had to have been the genius of his century. Yeah, um, kudos, kudos to him. I mean, that was... I, I had this theory about Disney movies, like, and it's a competing theory because, like, sometimes I'm like, you see, like, the old 2D films, they didn't really care about. I feel like sometimes, like, we have like gratuitous casting now, 
like, oh, this person is popular or they're an Avenger, so we have to cast them in everything. But back then, I feel like Disney movies were like, why don't we like maybe get the least likely celebrity, but still make it great? And like Billy Joel to be an animated dog to me is just like a really random choice, but it worked fantastic for a movie about New York. Yeah, uh, for and sure. I also, the, my second thing is the art in the movie. Like, first of all, Huey Lewis, op- the opening song is so emotional. The Huey Lewis song that opens, Always Once Upon a Time in New York City, the paintings yes. of New York in that, that era of New York. I feel like- Where everything was gross. Yeah, exactly. That's like, <laughs> but I mean, they did that so well though. Like they did yeah. like, they captured New York, New York in a, in a cartoon. And I thought that was like really, really cool. So, yeah. and honestly, just first of all, and then from a literary standpoint, Disney does this a lot where they take a, a famous literary story and then do it for kids with an animated characters and animals. But like to have Oliver Twist as a cat, Dodger the dog and all that time, I just thought it was brilliant. Yeah, that's great. It was one that I liked a lot as a kid. Just like I said, too many good movies. So, George, and you are, how can you mention this movie without mentioning the songs? So that's, yeah, that was, again, the songs. First of all, why should I worry? I spent years looking for that song so that I could download it to my playlist. Took for, forever for it to be available. Oh, it like, I was considering ordering a CD from China that was like over $100, <laughs> the Oliver and Company soundtrack. Oh, my gosh. Because you couldn't find and you it didn't? Anymore. You don't nope. like, do I have to mention I China like, in this podcast? I was upset though, but it finally Billy Joel released it as like, and it was like a list of his sing, like random singles, and it made it on that one. So I have it downloaded now, and it's like a regular on my Billy Joel days. That's just like a regular play, yeah. And it's, Streets it's, of Gold, Streets of Gold by one of the Pointer Sisters. They, yeah. uh, she, I think, uh, she voiced the what was the female dog, Sasha, uh, Sasha. And she sings that song, kills it. It's a banger. Everyone needs to go and listen to. Uh, well, and Bette Midler. Well, here uh, now, now I'm not saying that you're not right, of course, but that's still a stellar cast. It's not oh. a, a. I mean, Bette Midler, Billy Joel, height of their powers at the late '80s, early '90s, mm-hmm. and then you have you know Cheech. Uh, from Cheech and Chong playing Cheech the Marin. Chihuahua. Yeah, Cheech Marin. And I, I mean, I'm sure there were other uh, Dom actors DeLuise. in there. Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise is in there? Oh, that's He's right. Pagan, He's pagan. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I, and I, what I meant by that statement was like, when I like make references to like gratuitous casting today, I feel it's like, oh, we need a funny character. Let's hire uh, Kevin Hart in The Rock to do this animated movie because they're funny in every other movie they do together. Uh-huh. So let's do this animated movie, but only pick like whoever's, you know, back then it's like, yeah, they had like fantastic cast members and they were celebrities of high caliber, but they were like, that's like Elder, and I know this is out of our timeline, but Eldorado, like being like Kevin Klein, like why was Kevin Klein in Eldorado, but why was that movie still amazing? Yeah, still great. Yeah, because yeah. Kevin Klein's a fantastic actor. Yeah, exactly. And he brought yeah. such great vocal acting to it. And the 20th century, or not 20th century, uh, DreamWorks was, I mean, we could do a whole thing on DreamWorks. And this is just the powerful alt form of, uh, of an actor meets animation where right. they can do things with animation that we can't do in live action. I mean, now with CGI, but now we can watch that emotion. We can watch that character react and it's, and it still tugs on our heartstrings like the opening of Oliver and company <sighs> combined with that song and watching Oliver's sad, sad story just breaks your heart and nothing gets you until I would say up at that point yeah. with such a yeah. 
heart-wrenching intro to a Disney movie. Okay, so I think we're good to go ahead and go on to Kate's number five then. Okay, so I will actually say that it was between Oliver and Company and this movie. And yes, and to like preface my love for this movie, I a couple years ago on like like late December, I was like, I want to actually do like a New Year's resolution. Like I want to take this seriously this year. I wanted to do be something that like I will actually do like all through the year. Wanted to be really like serious about it, be really adult about it. And I was like, I don't know what this is going to be. And then I finally decided that it was that I wanted to be a cat. And so I like got cat ears <laughs> and every chance that I got, I would just like wear cat ears. And so like, I feel like Aristocats just really like kind of like drug, like drove that home in my heart because everybody wants to be a cat. Like that is right. just like the quintessential. And there, I feel like I'm like the, like the layman in this like conversation. Cause I'm probably never really going to talk about the animation or the casting but like, I'm just going to talk about how these movies made me feel. And so like, I am a sucker for like a family situation. And so like for the mom with the kids and then like all of a sudden this guy comes in and he's like, hey, I get along with the mom, I get along with the kids. And I'm like, this is so good. And then there's like, just like these really great songs the whole way around it. And then there's like these fun, like crazy uncles, like they're into like jazz. So like, it's a lot of like very, like things that I didn't know that I loved like being into this one thing that I just like yeah. super love. And that's, that's why you're here, Kate. I mean, if, if we need people that have <laughs> a, a different way of looking at things. So uh, before we go on, did anybody yeah, else have Arist- Aristocats any higher than five? No. Okay. Uh, it was like my number, legit number six or seven, like really, really close for me. Nothing. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic, fantastic movie. It's <gasps> wait, guys, I missed, I missed a really golden opportunity because I didn't say it was the creme de la creme de la ecker of <laughs> like my life. Like I'm really sorry. I'm going to come in late creme with that because it's still good. Yeah. yeah so that's good. great. Uh, th- this is the one that I was thinking of when I said <laughs> that I would think of like see the movies and think of a song and then be like bummed that I couldn't include it. This is the one that I was thinking of because it has so many fun songs. It's so good. So good songs. This is a really good movie overall, but I think it's, the reason it didn't make it into my top five is is is, is involved with its pacing. It it just its lulls are really felt, and I think it it but it has really good moments. And if I was watching it as a kid, I would fast forward to just those moments. Yeah. Take me to that where I meet Thomas O'Malley. Take me to where I meet uh, to where we meet the the other cats and we hear everybody wants to be a cat. Yeah. Take me to where where Edgar gets chased by those dogs and just has a terrible time the whole way. And of course, what was that guy's name, Kate? The old uh the old boyfriend guy. Ra 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 boom. Oh yeah. That guy's so great. I don't remember that. Did you cat's care name. to take the elevator, sir? Not that old bird cage. And then he rides Edgar's suspenders all the way (laughs) (laughs) that's like who I aim to be as an old person also (laughs) I mean I might I might already be there like I just basically have to stay the same just get old yeah yeah if this is back I need to check because I don't know I was gonna look at whoever was the animators on that film but I think Ollie Johnson and Frank uh I can't remember his last name I just watched a documentary on them about a year ago on disney plus if anybody wants to check it out they were some of the key animators in a lot of these this era 
of those films and like a little bit before that, but Aristocats and they did. And a lot of those mannerisms, like the, the guy, the old guy and all that type of stuff in the goose was them in the studio and the way they would go and animate those characters. They would have the guy run the rah, 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 yeah, and they would do that in front of the animators and lo- let the animators watch each other. And they would oh, just create the characters off each other. And to me, that's what made that <laughs> art form so beautiful. It's like, those expressions that he gives and all those like flailing limbs and the, you know, all that type of stuff was literally then just in a studio being as dumb as possible. That's so great. Planning to make kids laugh, you know, and it worked. That's why it calls to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's excellent. It's excellent. So uh, that leads us to my number five. My number five is the rescuers down under. Does anyone have that higher? No, but definitely within my top 10. Good. Yeah. Yes. There are, this is one of two that are like almost 100% on here for nostalgia. This is one of the few movies that I remember. There's several movies that I remember watching because my grandma had them at her house because Dallas had them, my uncle. And it was nice. the Star Wars trilogy, the Indiana Jones trilogy, things like uh, Jurassic Park and Rescuers Down Under randomly was one of them as well. Uh, and I remember just loving this movie. All the like, I guess quote unquote nature scenes because they're not real. <laughs> they just feel so real though. Like him riding the eagle and going through Australia and all these different cinematic the landscape shots are just gorgeous. David, the music, the, the score music is for that. the score is very good. Yeah, and I l- love all the characters. A great um, I, villain, an incredible villain. Mm-hmm. George C. Scott as that villain is incredible. His relationship with Goanna, yeah, is like the best part of that film for me. I love the character of the Goanna lizard. It's yeah. like one of my favorite. Even though there's no Goanna or Joanna. He calls her. He call, is a Goanna lizard, but he calls her Joanna. But yeah. it is a Goanna lizard. The I name, the name of the lizard, the, like, like the kind of lizard. Joanna. Yeah. But uh, yeah. literally, that's probably one of my favorite characters of the film. Even though there's no dialogue, because again, they captured an entire character with absolutely no words, and it's yeah. so funny. So Not, I think outside of like Star Wars, I think animation does that so super well. Like where a character yes. doesn't have to talk or to have dialogue, I guess I should say, to be able to have a character arc or have like some kind of development, and you know what kind of a character they are and what they're going to do, and you get, you get to know them as characters, uh, and that's just so fun for that movie. And so I kind of I had to include it here on my list. It was like I feel like I left off movies that are better than this movie just to, get, to make sure that this movie made the list but i'm i'm okay with that <laughs> <laughs> that's fair cuz i mean i'm glad it made it on somebody's list that that's a that's a movie that um on another film i'm going to bring up it was a part of like the previews before the main feature and oh nice would, it, you know and it would uh say let's take a look at this new movie we're working on and it would show just like storyboards of the new a rescuer rescuers movie and i just was so excited for when it when it finally came out i was i remember i was i was really young but it blew my brain <laughs> yeah it's you, excellent the scene where they're at that fancy restaurant in the chandelier of the fancy yes. restaurant it's yeah cricket, like catching the pee that's like rolling across and that whole, soap. I, I like when i was a kid i loved everything about that movie <gasps> but that scene specifically was just i would just like stare at the screen because it was so intricate you know it's one of those things where uh, also on top of it being intricate in terms of how it was created, there are several things that happen in these animated movies that 
um, we, we talked about this on the last episode with the 101 Dalmatians, when the animals are communicating like across distances to each other, animation has a way of showing us a part of the world that is not real and does not actually happen in the real world. But when you watch it on the movie, you're like, yeah, that could be, that could be real. <laughs> and like, if someone found out that, you know, all the cockroaches in our restaurants are gathering up the scraps and feeding it to other animals and like the rafters, I wouldn't be like blown away by that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so. like cartoons in general, this whole era in Disney is the best at this. Yeah. It, when I talk about the uncanny valley, how most successful stories of anything roll right in the middle of the uncanny valley, Disney is like, that's where they do that, especially the 2D stuff. It's like, yeah. it's believable enough to be like, no, nah, you're right. Like what you just said, that's, but it's far enough away from reality for me to still like want to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's believable. It's like, yeah. I, I, yeah. That's like where their candy stick is, is right in the middle of that uncanny valley. That's great. Okay. Devin, you're number four. Number four. I'm afraid this is going to be another hot take. But here we go. I don't think we need to put a hot take. I love how you act like you don't always have hot takes. Like, no, I mean, I, I don't. I, I mean, the farther we get on this list, the less hot it gets. It gets more uh, cold and concrete. But this number four is definitely a hot take, I believe. As it is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated Disney films ever. And that is the Great Mouse Detective. Oh, higher, ha- higher, 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 okay. higher, me, me, higher. You have okay. it higher. Oh, wow! Okay. I feel okay. so Boy, relieved. Boy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna mark it down, but we're gonna move on. That's fine. Uh, because someone has it higher. So um, we go on to Georgian then, and you're number four. Okay. I struggled really, really bad with my number four because I have like I have like a tie. And I'm just, I'm not going to like go into both of them because one of them is probably higher than the other one. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll rate the one higher. I put Robin Hood and Fox and the Hound in the same four category for me because they both vibe the same way, except for Fox and the Hound is higher for me because it's what I cry, sob cry. At first, but it's either Pearl Bailey singing Best of Friends. That scene will uh, like tear me apart, t- like rips me in half. And then the scene where she leaves him in the woods as someone who's like given away multiple dogs. I literally can't watch that movie with, without like sobbing because oh, no. it's just awful, you know. It's so tough. And uh, but those two were probably my and I'll I'll just say Fox and the Hound because as much okay. as I love Robin Hood, that was the one I'll say Fox and the Hound as my okay. favorite because musically again, uh, casting was and uh, I just found this out it blew my mind. Baby, Kurt Russell plays Copper. Oh what? It's Kurt Russell as Copper. Wow. And that like blew my mind that that's like little Kurt Russell and then like. That's crazy. That made it go up higher on my list almost was the fact that like Kurt Russell was there, you know, but yeah. wow, what a great film. I, I think you made the right choice, Georgian, just because you don't think you made the right choice. Uh, you're Well, yeah. I know it's why hard. you're a little biased because Robin Hood has one of the gr- best like low down country folk songs ever. Uh, yep. Is it also not, a banger, Devin? It, it is. It is not, a banger. Not in Nottingham. No, it is. And then Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. And the opening whistle song. We're, opening, we're yeah. getting way ahead. Sorry. So let's sorry. move on to just but Fox George, and the Hound. I think you made the right choice. I think you made the right choice. Fox and the Hound is is a more well-rounded. It's it's an emotional pull for me. Like Robin Hood's great. I'll get. I'll I'll make that point later. But like the emotional draw of Fox and the Hound and the friendship story that's pulled out of that. I just, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think it's great. 
All right, so let's look at case number four. Okay. First, I would just like to say that do you guys ever like watch videos that are like supposed to make you cry? Yes. Okay. That's like one of them. Like when she's no. like driving away in her little rickety car. Yeah. Like one time I watched Whitney Houston's funeral. One time I watched like the end of The Fox and the Hound. Like it's just kind of like. <laughs> like you cry? Once in a while. Full, full disclosure, minor military re- reunion. Yes! And uh, pregnancy announcements. I don't know why those make me cry so much, but like when a couple is like telling their parents that they're pregnant, I sob like a baby. I think it's a beautiful thing. It is, uh, but, but those are like, yeah, full disclosure. Those two, I will cry at the drop of a hat. Someone shows me those Facebook reels. That's okay. great. Like, even like the animal, or, or, like military union ones, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh like, no, uh, yeah. like the dog missed him so much. Like, yeah, like it's a real <laughs> thing in my life. So, okay, but my movie is mm-hmm. Hercules, and it's a big part because of whenever you say Hercules in my head, I say, honey, you mean Hunkules. That's why you have a number four. <laughs> Hang on. Does anybody else have it higher? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Other than other than other than Hercules being such a hunk, why else do you? Like He's not though. Well, okay. He kind of is. Like, have you guys seen his caps? Like, are you kidding me? But. <laughs> I'm this just is, really bringing in. This is why we don't wear shorts. That's it. That's it. It's not because hairy legs are gross. It's because of the calf muscle. One hundred percent. It's a stumbling so, block for Kate. Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. So I guess like the first order of business would obviously be to talk about like the muses and all of their music because yeah. like literally hit it out of the park every single time. Yep. No matter what they're doing, they're doing it right. And then um, the other day I was watching this video and it was this guy and he's playing like this very, very like theatrical, like classical music. And it's supposed to be like a wedding. Uh, what is it? Processional, like when they're walking yeah. down the aisle and it's like that. But then he like flips to something else. And like the first song that popped into my head was Go the Distance. And I was just like, that does not even make sense because they're supposed to be getting married. But they're, you know, they're like I was distance. like that. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. But like, I was like, that's what fits. And then my brother really likes to play the who Michael Bolton version of Go the yes. Distance. Is that the song? Yes. Yeah. It was in the That's credits. not really my jam, but like I've seen a lot of video of that guy's hair waving in the wind. So like, <laughs> <laughs> like is, it, is Kenny G there also? Probably. Like wouldn't put it past him. There's a lot of hair. But then also Meg's song in the garden, which mm-hmm. also yes. has the muses, but like that one is like seriously my fave the cannot get enough awesome she does like this i that's like the reason like if i like that song comes up on a playlist i'll listen to it specifically because she does this one like little run at the end and i like she i don't think she had to do it she just did and it she just goes there. there for it it was she did that for us it's awesome for me a big selling point for the movie was uh james woods as hades that's one 100%. of my favorite one villains of, one, from yeah. this era so much he's so charisma. good He's so good. Like, I want to be friends with Hades. Like, 100%. Like, there's Don't whole, like, trying to steal people's souls things. But, like, we could talk through that. Like, I want to be friends with Hades. Um, so many red flags. So well, many. I'm also, like, obsessed. I feel like I have, like, an obsession with Greek mythology. And, like, I think it really was, like, born out of this. And, like, even now when I, like, picture Hades, he's blue. Like, always blue. I don't think that he's supposed to be blue. But, like, he is. And then 
What was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, okay. So I feel like I've got given a lot of backstories from my childhood, but uh, so there was like a string of years when I was younger and I, it probably has to do with like the era of these movies and then like my age, but there was like a string of years where the Turners or Shell and Jeff would give me like the big movie of that year. They would give me like the protagonist and like the significant other basically. And so my favorite toy literally carried him around until I was probably too old to be carrying around toys was Hercules and he like had like a tragic ending in my life because he was in my backpack that was too big for my body and his arm broke off and like he just was not the same after that I like tried to like play it off as like a war wound but like no John Smith had to like step in on that but like like an athlete that like had an ACL too he wasn't the same wait 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 hang on did you just say John Smith had to step in on that? Yeah, he had to become the leading man. <laughs> I missed that. I, I, I so told you I like stories, and I would like had this like whole story situation where like Her- Hercules was like our like fun, snappy like person that we followed, but then he lost his arm. There's nothing like I mean that might be too much to say. Maybe cut this out, but like there's nothing like super fun to <laughs> snappy about. You like, had to move on arm. to the blandest love interest in all of. To, he was uh, the only other one I had besides Tarzan who was in a loincloth. Like, that's inappropriate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you said that was, what's that scene from Toy Story 2 where they rip Woody's arm and Andy's just like, oh, oh. I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> you're broken. <laughs> I, I tried. I was just like, you're broken now. I don't want to. If like, Madison listens to this, she'll be so triggered. <laughs> For why? Because you like were woody's worst nightmare and she likes woody she does so agreed. so yeah hunkulies hunkulies all right <laughs> from one hunk to another hunk my number four is tarzan also a oh. hunk. Higher, so. higher, higher. <laughs> does anyone else have tarzan higher no me i don't oh, uh can you have it higher well, yeah girl oh. real high <laughs> okay great so on that lovely note we will move on to our top three we're going to take a quick break before we move on to our top three and kind of gather ourselves up again and (laughs) we'll see you guys here in just a minute and welcome back we're going into our top threes starting with devin's number three all right now i'm i don't think there are any more hot takes here i think these are legit the top three Disney animated movies of all time. Oh, well, uh, not not just this era. Okay, within this time frame. Oh, okay, within this time frame. My <laughs> number three is Aladdin. I have it higher. I have it high. I have it higher I, as well. I figured it would, so I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay. Um, so then we're going to Georgian. All right. Uh, my number three, and someone might have this one higher than me, is Hunchback of Notre Dame. I do not have it higher, but I do believe it's very underrated. But so, it's it's not. Re- I mean, go ahead, Jordan. No, I, I don't believe it's very depressing. Whoa! I feel the same way about Fox and the Hound. So I mean, it has it, made it, me sad. Like, it was on it my list. Like I've got all the. No, I I chose Hunchback of Notre Dame because I think again artistically the opening where it's coming to the clouds and you see the arches of Notre Dame. And then to me, the opening score, yes. there's not another Disney movie that I know of with, and this is a personal opinion, so other people might disagree, but with a more powerful, just hit, punch you right in the face, orchestral opener 
And then the minstrel who does the lead on that, the, the storytelling in that first score, I think is fantastic. I can't remember what his name is, uh, the character's name, but the guy who is the, the puppeteer who runs all the way through France or whatever, he does this specific thing. Like he, first of all, he leads the whole like storytelling of the gypsies and then finding baby Quasimodo and all that type of stuff being told in song like that with the mixture. Uh, but he does this one thing when he's the, the very last note that that hits. If they've faded out, because I don't think he could hold it for very long. No, I was yeah, hoping Devin would do it, to be honest. That's why I brought it up. Because, well, like, how he does that is, it's, it, well, I'm not going to go into that. No, I mean, it's, every time I hear that note, I'm just like, it's so good. And mix it with the, the big, uh, uh, I mean, it's just a great, I love it. In the film, it's got a lot of comedy in it. The gargoyles, I think, are hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I do, and I don't like Jason Alexander's character in that film. What? Uh, Come on. I do and I don't because the goat thing is just weird to me. Uh, okay, that's just, fair. And always, that's the only reason. Like, I thought he was hilarious as a kid, and then I got older, and I was like, oh, this is strange. And then, like, that's <laughs> like I was never mind. But there's so much comedy in that movie, like the horse and what I can't remember. Phoebus is that his name? The centurion guy, not centurion, obviously. Uh, I can't. The the soldier, the captain of the guard. Oh yeah, no, I don't like, remember his the name. Horse is hilarious. Oh, it is Phoebus. Banter. And all that type of stuff I thought was yeah. really funny. And then the the really the the villain in that film is scary. Yeah. Like genuinely terrifying without being some kind of mystical magic. Well, he Just also human being if, if we were doing top Disney songs, Hellfire is what would be uh would be in contention because at least into like top villain songs, it's oh. so good. And Georgian, if I may, this movie was not should not have been made for kids. This is not a kid's movie. Uh, this is very much in the black cauldron kind of way where it's, it's very much for made for teens and above. They do not shy away from some of the more gruesome parts of this story. Uh, it gets dark quick and it gets sad quick and God help the outcast is just a powerful Chef's kiss. song. Yes. But the movie is Broadway from the word go. Yeah. It's it's just big. It's big in its music. It's big in its storytelling. It's written like they wanted it to be a Broadway. It truly is, I think, one of the best openers of any Disney movie. Now, I do think it has incredible lulls. I don't I don't think its pacing is very good, uh, which is why I didn't put it in my top five. Right. But I do believe it is underrated, and people should give it a chance. I think. Anytime Tony J makes an appearance as an animated voice, I mean, he's in Beauty and the as like the guy, what is not the tech, but like the lawyer, tax collector who declared uh -huh. that uh -huh. he shows up in this as Frollo. And anytime you just hear that guy's voice, uh, random, he shows up in the Mighty Ducks animated films too. Yeah. He plays uh, the, like the mystical villain in those. And like Tony J, he's just scary. His voice is so deep <laughs> and so scary. I think it's. It's again. I think sometimes I look at it artistically, and I need to watch it again because it's been a minute since I watched it. But just that opener, I think, sells that film for me. And then the scene where Quasimodo's jumping from terrace to terrace on—it's yeah. just—it's a, a cool scene to watch him jump from terrace to terrace with the song and everything in the background. I always thought it was cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, with like the subject matter, I felt like it was almost should have been more like a Pixar movie because it was like taking on very like adult themes and like adult like concepts, but they were like kind of trying to make it fun and like digestible for the younger audience. 
also why are we not exploring this Esmeralda Phoebus thing like more like why are we just like kind of like dancing around it literally she's dancing with a tambourine and we're not talking about it but <laughs> that's just my thought yeah for this one and um Fox and the Hound I really like movies that get emotion out of me but sometimes when it's really heavy all the time I get worn out by it and I'm like it's just a little bit too much I I grew up loving Fox and the Hound and somewhere between teenage David and adulthood I didn't I don't dislike it it would be on my top 10 probably Fox and the Hound would but at some point I'm like I kind of need a little balance so in my head when I think of a movie it's not Disney it's Pixar Uh, I think of like Inside Out of like lots of heavy hitting emotional moments that make me tear up (laughs) Uh, with also a lot of heart and humor and that kind of thing. Coco is the same way. So, but this, Hunchback uh, of Notre Dame is, to me, is a little heavy. But I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's kind of just my taste on it. But that's kind of what kept it off my list, I guess. So, yeah. All right. So I think we're up to Kate's. No, 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 no. My number three. I just get myself. So this is my last pick that I think is at least over 50% nostalgia, and that is Robin Hood. And I think I'm the only one that has it on the list, right? Okay, so I had Robin Hood at number two, and I was like, David, you're being too nostalgic. You need to push it down to number three. But it's rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, and that makes no sense to me. I think it tells a good story. Like I think it's as cohesive of a story as like Winnie the Pooh, which is fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. And, and like, for example, Winnie the Pooh is almost more like a sketch comedy type yeah. movie where they kind of string it all together. Whereas Robin Hood tells like a legit cohesive story, has a good love story, has some of my favorite um, Disney songs, like, like we mentioned a few minutes ago, the opening song and then the Not in Nottingham. I mean, like just case in point, like Mumford and Sons does a cover of Not in Nottingham that is just like excellent. It's so good. So it lets you know, like, they're going, they're, they're going for this style where they're combining this story from years ago in, in uh, London or you know, that area and with this like bulky American uh, style of music, like Bob Dylan-esque style of music. And it, for me, it works every time. And uh, Prince John is one of my favorite villains. There's two kinds of Disney villains that I like. I like the ones like Scar that are like, they're menacing, they're powerful, they're threatening, they can, can't achieve what they're trying to achieve. And then they're the ones like Prince John that you just laugh at them the whole time. And they're really not ever really much of a threat, but there's so much fun to watch. And I love that out of Prince John in this movie. And then there's just the camaraderie between all the different band of thieves. And oftentimes they're bantering their back and forth. It feels very natural. It feels like how our friends act, you know, like it just feels very real. So there's a lot of different levels that it hits for me, but ultimately this is one of the two Disney movies that I've probably watched the most since childhood, Robin Hood and the Jungle Book. And so there is a lot of nostalgia there, obviously. I watched those, that movie like on repeat as a kid too, loved it. And I also love that. I feel like, and this is not a knock. I, this is, I genuinely love this. It's almost like the entire cast of TV land is the cast of that movie. Like, I don't know, like going through, I love the opening song, like Robin Hood and Lil John running through the forest. And just, I thought like the, like the high scene where they're breaking all like the bags of money out of Prince John's yeah. room while he's sleeping, uh, the, the high scene where they rob his carriage, all that type of stuff. 
I, and again, it, Disney does something great. They take a classic story in literature and find a way to introduce that to kids before they ever get really get in school or get in, like ever have to read Robin Hood or something like that or come across them in a literary form. It was just like made it so palatable for kids. Yeah, I definitely agree. And the last thing I'll say about it is the love song, the song titled Love that Maid Marian sings is a, is like an actually excellent love song. So I'll just leave that. I, I believe that Kevin and Katie Brzezinski had it in their wedding. Katie actually sang that song. Yeah, that's right. I, I, that, that was my memory, but I didn't want to say that and just be like way off. <laughs> yeah, but actually- she, she sang it at their wedding. So that was cool. All right. So Kate, um, no, we're on Devin's number two. That's where we're at, right? Yes. No, Kate, what was case number three? Do we do, Kate, do we do number three? We didn't, but it was Aladdin. Okay. Hang on. Does anyone have it? Oh, I have it higher. So that's fine. That was uh, George. Okay. It's so then Georgian. we. Georgian has it. You, Georgian, you have it higher? Higher than, higher than, well, higher than three. Yeah. He doesn't have, he only has one and two left. You're so making, no. you're making me look. Now that's so how numbers bad. work, Devin. You're making me look so bad. George. Well, I'm looking at, at a document of the list, so I have a little bit of advantage there. So <laughs> we are going to go then to Devin's number two. Well, no, I mean, George is making me look bad because I have Aladdin's, you know, uh, so far down as compared. But Depends we'll get greatly on what you have higher. <laughs> number two, uh, this might We're gonna be. going to judge you no matter what you do, Devin. Yeah, I, I'm aware of this. This is the story of my life. So <laughs> number two. I believe the second best 2D animated movie within this era is Beauty and the Beast. This movie ha- also has one of the best musical intros of all Disney films. It rivals The Lion King. It even rivals The Hunchback of Notre Dame because the score, you know, comes right in. Da, 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 da. and it goes oh, right yeah. into the backstory and it's uh the opening number of bonjour 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 it, every number was broadway every number uh, alan macon yes is a brilliant brilliant man yes and um there are no lulls in this story it captivates you from the word go you are in it all the the ensemble i love ensemble movies and this movie has a great cast of like of course angela lansbury and oh man i can't remember the man who voiced lumiere but it is also the reason the oscars have an animated best animated film because it was nominated for best picture Mm -hmm. and after I believe that, it was the first. It was the first, yeah, to be nominated for best picture, best yes. animated movie, not to be nominated for best picture. And it uh, it changed every. It changed so much, not because it was you know okay, and it was it was far ahead of its time. It was worthy of being nominated, and uh, I think it deserves to at least be at number two. Yeah, this was my actual number six. It is a top three i think it's a top three disney movie of this era it's just not one of my personal favorites and so i put the two other movies that i think are in that top three as my number one and number two on this list and then the other three i went ahead and went with some more personal favorites but i'm glad i mean one of us had to have this movie on here because it it is excellent 
this is my sister's favorite leg of all time. Now, in her honor, I'm going to mention Robbie Benson because no one, the casting director did not believe in Robbie Benson. They were trying to cast the film. And Macy will tell the story, so I'm telling this in her honor. Because he was a small guy, uh, they were looking for like a really big, like burly guy to come in and play the beast. And Robbie Benson walked into the audition and said, well, I want to try out. And they were like, really? And then they said he stepped up to the mic and he just floored everybody because he did the first couple of lines where he was yelling at Bell's character or something like that. And they were like, yeah, just send everybody else home. Like they found him. But it was such a, like a, like an underdog story. Like no one believed in him when he first like walked into the audition, but just absolutely killed it in that role. Awesome. If you look at him, like he's not intimidating whatsoever, but it just proves voice acting. You can be anybody and be a good voice actor. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And speaking of music before Kate denounces my choice, is there a better show stopping number than be our guest? Tedious. Hideous? Tedious. Tedious. It's so much. And it's never like, I'm just like, okay, be our guest, like, okay. But it's just like so <laughs> much. And I'm like, yeah, Lumiere's cool. But like, no, everything about this movie looks good on paper, but it just not, they don't bring it home for me. And like, I know, I like, I was like, wow, Belle likes books. I should totally love her. No, she's boring. She's basic, she's not cool. And then like Beast, I'm like, wow, I do love a bad boy. He doesn't have a leather jacket in my mind. And so we're done there. And then like, like Lumiere and Cogsworth, I'm like, okay, they kind of got some snappy, but honestly, like I have more chemistry with literally my coffee cup than they have together. And like, they were like, they were like people, multiple people behind them. And I'm just like, no, Beauty and the Beast is like, okay. You know, like I'll probably show hottest, it to my kids. Hottest take ever. I, can't, I don't know why. Everyone's like, oh yeah, Kate loves Beauty and the Beast. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Cause I don't want to fight, <laughs> fight right think- now. I think I would agree with you about Belle if this movie came out in 2020. If this came out in 2020, it would be like every stereotype of like the awkward, shy girl that is way more pretty than she realizes and is in, into books and traveling. And like it would be like so hipster and it would make me want to throw up. But it came out in 91. So I'm like, it probably wasn't really a thing then. But yeah, there is that kind of stereotype of that kind of a of a person now so i kind of see some of where you're coming from for me i do think it's really great though <laughs> yeah i mean you guys all were like expound greatly on it and like another thing that i kind of don't like about it is it's based on like a french fairy tale or like it's supposed to, like majorly in france they don't hardly even like bonjour is like the most like french that they get like the very beginning of the thing and so like i never really like put that together that it was supposed to be like a French like theme movie and then like you have Coco now where it's literally like so immersive in the culture some of the some of the names are pretty French they're like Lumiere yeah some of the names but other than like the names uh like the visuals of this yeah well I don't know about that one I mean I don't know I mean I'm not that was a super observant or like well no like I didn't know French you weren't well you weren't well traveled as a a toddler yeah weirdly enough that was not my second language or first Okay, so uh, Devin, I'm I am glad that you had it on your list. That's that's definitely worthy. So, um, Georgian, your number two. My number two is Tarzan. Okay. Higher. Kate, higher. And uh, are you higher? Kate, higher. Okay. Yeah, boy. Okay, so then we're gonna move on (laughs) to Kate's number two. That's which one it is. (laughs) Kate's number two is the Great Mouth. So I did get to do it again. I'm so excited. I got to trump. I got to trump him. 
Okay, so my number two is The Great Mouse Detective. I literally, I watched this one like the other day, st- like as an adult, and I still love it. I love the idea of like deductive reasoning. So like basically anything kind of like vaguely Sherlock Holmes. I'm like, that's super cool. I love that. I wish Amen. I was an observant person. So I could be like, that thimble is half turned over. So obviously he killed his mother. Like that would be <laughs> super cool. But I don't have that. But I really like other people watching other people do it. And then like the sassy little baby mouse and her little beret. She's too cute. She's too perfect. And then Radigan was like the perfect balance of like mildly creepy, scary. But then also like, comic relief villain too I think and so I really like the great mouse detective I do have some questions as to why there were so many movies about mice and their like lives that they've completely made like beneath the city and stuff like that like I feel like that was a big theme in this time but like honestly they drove they drove it home with the great mouse detective it was perfect and and Devin this is your number four Four. yeah this is my number four Kate you have completely redeemed yourself throughout this (laughs) entire podcast this is the moment um, it's a good movie. It is like, a great movie. It is. I'm I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, and <clears throat> I've read the books, read the mini stories, and this movie is probably one of the main reasons I grew up becoming uh, a fan uh, of Sherlock Holmes. But more importantly than that, this was just a really fun detective story for kids with great characters toby the dog and toby the dog every time i take a picture in my head if i don't say it out loud i always go smile everyone <laughs> basil is smooth smooth as can be and i think this is also worthy of note that this is one of vincent vincent price's last credited acting uh acting credits and totally know who that is yeah he's radigan he's radigan kate oh okay oh i feel like that's interesting also because he's rat his name is literally radigan he's a rat and like he is so touchy about the fact if anyone calls him rat he does not receive that It, it is not like it is not something he's going to receive and i think that's super funny i feel like i had something else to say about oh how basil basilton whatever his name is Sherlock Holmes how he's like emotionally distanced throughout the like whole movie and then like comes in the end that like heartwarming moment at yeah. the end is like so good he is relieved that uh oh that the Watson character is going to stick around and stay with him and be his friend it's and that's they're just, bros man they're yeah. like besties that's it's 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 a great movie I agree with the Vincent Price thing Mostly because it was always, as a fan of like Scooby Doo when he would show up as Vincent Van Gogh and then also show up as like Radigan was pretty sick. And then I also love the scene where it's there two two one Baker Street and you see Sherlock Holmes playing his fiddle violin in his room. And then they jump down to his apartment. And then for the main character's name to be Basil, as the guy who played ba- Basil Holmes, Rathbone, yeah. Basil Rathbone is just such a great Easter egg for people who are a fan of like the the first on screen Sherlock Holmes. Like, it's such a cool thing to see. And I thought that was always a fun uh, Easter egg that they threw in there to name him Basil instead of naming him Sherlock. And making instead of just making, it's like making uh, a character an animal. They were like, why don't we just throw this out there? He's not Sherlock Holmes, but he's the mouse that lives under Sherlock Holmes. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's Basil, a great idea. Baker Street, my good fellow. Uh, um, fun fact about uh, Basil Rathbone, he was a fully trained fencing master. 
and did all of his own uh, sword fighting stunts. And if you want to see one of the best sword fights ever, look up The Mark of Zorro. It's one of the early, early Disney um, Zorro films. And just fast forward to the end because the movie's kind of garbage. But, uh, but towards the end, the fight between him and Zorro is one of the best. They do not speed it up. It is all in real time. And it, the, choreogra- the sword choreography is, ah, it's wonderful. Nice. So for this movie, um, it didn't make my list mostly because I, I do remember liking it. But if I made a list of all the Disney movies that I need to rewatch because I haven't watched them in 10 to 20 years, this would be number one. Like literally, I remember really liking it, but I haven't watched it in way too long, probably literally 18 to 20 years. And so I was just like, I, I remember liking it a lot, but I couldn't pull out a lot of details from it. And it didn't feel fair, even though it's up my alley. And I remember as a kid liking it, it didn't feel right to have it on my list. So. That's why I left that one off, but I think it's worthy of having on at least one or two lists. So it's, it's cool to have that one on there. But I think now we're on to my number two, and we may have to pass one more time. So my number two is Aladdin, which I think, George, and you have higher, right? So we'll go on then to Devin's number one. My number one, in my opinion, the best. Well, hang on. Animated... Yep, sorry. Go ahead. Your number one, I think, is also Kate and I's number one. Which is deservedly so. So what is it? The Lion King. It's my number one. No. no. Her, her number that one is movie's overrated. Oh. Yeah. You're overrated, Kate. Okay. You're overrated. Uh, the most okay. overrated sibling. The most oh, overrated no. older sister. The most overrated. <laughs> no, I remember the what. The sequel is better. The sequel I, is better. I remember not what. Not one and a half. No, no, no it's not. Simba's Pride. No, the Lion King the 2 Simba's is the Pride. greatest. Give me Kovu or give me death. Give me Kovu or give me death. Okay, well, you just, all right, you get him. The Lion King is the best. It was re-released to theaters twice by popular demand. We have great chemistry, uh, comedic chemistry with Timon and Pumbaa, Mm -hmm. who uh, Nathan Lane just led the charge there. The opening number uh, for Circle of Life, the nah, mm-hmm. that is the same. They re-record the English version for every single country, but that is the same. It's always comes out in Swahili every single time. Yeah. And Tim Rice, Elton John kill it in this mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Their talents shine bright. And this movie, it's Hamlet. This movie is Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a straight rip, but I love it so much. It's so good. The villain's excellent. Georgian, Jim Cummings coming in for the clutch and be prepared. So uh, Jeremy Irons, who has one of the greatest just speaking voices of all time, ripped his voice out singing be prepared on that line. You won't get a sniff without me. And then rips it out and they have to call in Winnie the Pooh, Jim Cummings, to come in and finish the song. And it was... Now that's a banger right there. Of course, you have a show-stopping number of I Just Can't Wait to Be King and Akuna Matata, which everybody sang forever and ever and ever. And how many times have you heard Can You Feel the Love Tonight in a wedding or played at a wedding or something like that? It's, it's just a great movie. And I, um, I believe that it deserves to be number one. Yeah, I, I also think it's the best not just of the era of Disney animation period, 
Um, I think it has the best soundtrack and the best score. Howard Shore does the like the non lyric score, right? No, and, it's Hans Zimmer. Sorry, yes, Hans Zimmer. What did I say? You said Howard Shore. Hobbit on the brain. Sorry, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Hobbit stuff. As a, as a different podcast. Yes, Hans Zimmer, who is my second favorite uh, composer. The number one being obvious, Hans Zimmer, and then Al, not Alan Menken, but Tim um, Rice and Elton John. Yeah. The three of them for all the music for this. Uh, movie it is amazing honestly like can you play the love tonight is not even really all that great for me it's fine it's a little too cheesy but everything else is like top top tier the humor is really good and just the overall story works for me the father-son dynamic is really it really hits home for me and uh the like idea mufasa it's so powerful yeah i mean like straight up i've had people like walk out of the room like cassie uh, john tells a story about cassie walking out of the room and kind of coming back and him being like, did you walk out of the room because Mufasa was going to die? And she goes, yeah, <laughs> like kind of, kind of embarrassed. <laughs> like, like, you know, cause it is, it is like, it gets you. So, um, and beyond that, the idea of like the themes in terms of overcoming your past, even though it wasn't even his fault, obviously, but in his head it was. So having to work through that childhood trauma and overcome that past to become who you were meant to be is like a theme that could apply to anybody. And I really like that. Just Rafiki being really, like the cast is ridiculous. Rafiki is so much fun. The hyenas, Zazu or Rowan Atkinson, like the, the whole cast is James so Earl good. Jones. James Earl Jones is insanely good. There's really not a bad part of the movie for me. Like if I had, if you asked me like, what's the worst part of the movie? I would say, can you feel the love tonight? And it's not even bad. So I'm just like, yeah, it's like the worst part of the movie for me. The score at the end when Scar and Mufasa are fighting and Scar dies and Mufasa- Scar like Scar and Simba. When I am with Mufasa, I'm all over yeah. the place apparently. Scar and Simba fight and Scar dies, right? And Simba takes back Pride Rock and like the swelling music, the da 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 That's just brilliance of Hans it's Zimmer so right good. there, yes. Uh, it's so, so good. Um, it gets me like, I, I have that, I have like a playlist of soundtrack music and that's like the one song from that movie I have on my that's playlist. like watching a season, just like seasons upon seasons upon seasons of a television show and watching a person's character. You get that whole, that whole emotional lift through one movie that is an hour and 30 minutes so yeah that's it's, it. it's probably it could, i wouldn't be shocked if it was even shorter than that um because a lot of those movies are around that time or a little bit shorter which is kind of surprising um so yeah it is an hour 28 so just just barely under but yeah um so so good so definitely think it's top two or three did you have something to say georgia it's just on you. I agree with your guys' musically wise. I think it's one of the most musically powerful of all the Disney films. That scene, the last scene, is obviously the score is powerful. I love when Simba's running back from the jungle. Oh, yeah. Just when he, when I was a kid, that slow motion where they were just his feet, you know, his paws like hitting the ground with it. It's so powerful. The, the images with the music is so great. And then obviously, Scars, the, I think that's the best villain song Disney's ever done is Be Prepared, personally. I agree. And, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge Jeremy Irons fan, huge Jeremy Irons fan. So to know that that's him and Jim Cummings, but just, I mean, I, I love this film too. It didn't make it up there because obviously like I have a couple of like nostalgic points, but I genuinely always watched this movie as a kid too, but yeah. thought it, the artwork is great. 
Rowan Atkinson's also another favorite. So the fact that he's there. Yes. Yeah, I, I love getting a little bit of our personal touches into these lists. So when I I'm not, you know, criticizing anyone's picks at all, but I, I think it's I think this is a great one. But um I think we are ready for your number one then, Georgia. So my number one is obviously Aladdin. And this okay. is yeah, that's so, so I think we're ready to talk about it now. So this is my number two, your yeah. number one, Devin's number three, and Kate's number three. So it's the only movie that we all four picked, which to me is interesting, but it's a great movie. So go ahead and talk about why it's your number one. So I for, I watched this and enjoyed, I think I enjoyed this movie the most when I was a kid. Growing up on Disney, this was the one, like if I was going to watch one, I enjoyed it the most. And for one reason, one reason alone, and Devin already knows, because of Robin Williams. I have, and I never, I never really knew who Robin Williams was when I was a kid. I just knew every film that I heard his voice, I automatically loved. Every character he ever played, I automatically loved. And I always identified with all of his characters, loved his characters. I remember the day he died, Vince called me because he knew that I really, really liked Robin Williams. And I didn't know. And he called me. I was at Steak and Shake with my dad. And I walked outside and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, Yeah. He's like, well, you know, Robin Williams passed away, right? And I was like, no. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, you know, and, you know, everything was tragic. And I remember, like, I'm thinking, like, yeah, I'm not related to the guy. Like, <laughs> I and I started, and one, one moment, like, I thought it was funny with this, and I was, like, broken, you know. Yeah. You know he's such a talent and such – what they did with him on screen had never been done before. It was the first time that – well, I mean, other than, like, rotoscoping and basing characters on actors looks-wise and voice-wise – this was the most impressive feat where they literally brought an actor and it said, you just go and then we'll figure out, here's the basic outline of the scene. You just go and we'll figure out how to animate the character around you because we know we can't stop you. And I think it's, so, and his, his number ain't never had a friend like me. First of all, the fact that he opens up the movie as the guy who's like selling random stuff and that was all ad lib. His ain't never had a friend like me. And then finally that emotional scene at the end when he looks yes. down, he goes, sorry, can I serve a new master now? You know, and like just that look in his face when he has to tell Aladdin, like, sorry, we're no, I can't do this for you. It's every emotional thing in that. And then at the end, you know, the whole I'm free. It's yeah. just so good. And that was just for me. And I know that's a totally emotional thing for me. I know there's probably a lot of these cin cinematically that are better films than that one on this list. But emotional wise, it's the Robin Williams connection for me. It's if I had to pick one based off of pure nostalgia, it would unequivocally be Aladdin. The When it came out, when we went to see it, my mom took me to see it and they were handing out posters and uh, I had a poster of Aladdin of the movie on my wall probably until I was 10 years old. <laughs> Way too long. But Robin Williams Robin Williams became more than just a character in that movie because of his involvement in Aladdin, I sought, you know, his other performances out by him. I got so much joy from his comedic work and his acting and, you know, especially in Aladdin that uh, it was, I know this is another hot take, but as a kid who was growing up in a broken home very early on and depressed and not even realizing it coming be able to come home put aladdin on and laugh yeah know that this was robin williams was a 
he was a friend and he didn't even know my name, but he really did. We'll never have a friend like that. You know, he, <laughs> he really did, you know, help so many people like that. And I, I'm glad you picked that one, Georgian. It's, it's a great one. Yeah. I, I don't want to go uh, too much to add too much to all this. Every musical number is really good. This is my wife's favorite um, Disney movie period. And it's always been one of my top two or three. We saw all of the musical live uh, together in Chicago. And it's also excellent, which is an, is an attribute to add to the movie because, you know, you can't make a great musical off of a bad movie. <laughs> so every song in it, every character in it, well fleshed out and like the character development, right? Of even just like Jasmine and Aladdin as characters where they start and where they end is interesting and it's worth watching. And, it's, and there are things you can take away from those characters that I think are really important. And Devin, you said that it's based... Uh, the most on nostalgia and like that is probably true but it also i i did a quick search before we started and it's this is the highest on rotten tomatoes is wow. this one now That's i know amazing. obviously the academy believed that uh beauty and the beast was probably the best out of this whole because it was the only one that was nominated for best picture but that was 94 well, percent right this, on is, the this is 95 percent yeah this was right on the tails of beauty and the beast and it what disney found the formula and they just started churning them out yeah right after little mermaid uh i think came beauty and the beast and then aladdin and then shortly after that we had lion king the lion king yeah and lion king <laughs> and lion king oh, is, oh, is i nine... forgot i forgot kate was here <laughs> hey all, well i want to say is jasmine is probably the best princess like coming oh, from yeah. like the girl's point of view like the quintessential like princesses you have like cinderella and, all, and like Belle and all those and all the other ones like those girls like i do not know they needed a prince to come and save them like 100 but jasmine was like snap snap i got my tiger like no. i'm gonna handle this like yes like my dad is like trying to be crazy but like he, we got a relationship we're gonna work this out like it might take some time but like she like and like even like she like saw through his like lies and stuff like that like she oh, was yeah. pretty pretty had it going on pr from the very beginning she would she would be someone that i would like not mind showing my kids and being like this is someone that you could be like yeah for sure yeah, but she almost did die in that hourglass let's not <laughs> i'm sorry let's I mean, put it's you kind in of above her head. Buddy. yeah like, it's kind of like I, I i would probably have died so <laughs> But I keep mentioning yeah. these like top three, these top three Disney movies in uh, in the in this era. And to me, it is like Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. It's these three that are like the three. If you look critically at the best ones, um, I think that these are the three best in terms of just purely looking critically. But Aladdin and Lion King were the two that stuck with me the most. So those are the ones on my list. And I think Jafar is also one of the best villains. We haven't. I don't think we mentioned yes. him yet. He, uh, my favorite villains are not surprisingly probably Scar and Jafar from this era. This era is full of incredible villains, to be fair. And to have back to back beating the beast, Aladdin, Lion King is that's <laughs> that's bananas. So uh, for a studio to be able to do that back to back to back like that, so there's not just so much love in these movies, and you really can't say enough. We could, we could have a whole podcast just about one you, or two of these movies. You don't, you don't, yeah. You we could do a whole thing about. Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast or Lion King or Tarzan or Great Mouse Detective. We could do a whole episode on these things because you don't have to like everything about the company, but Disney is really good at making really good movies. Yeah. So speaking of really great movies, Kate, your number one is? 
Tarzan. Tarzan. Kay's number one, my number four, and George's number two. So, Kay, why do you love Tarzan? Besides the so, hunk. No, I don't like his wine cloth. Like, I, I don't, his calf muscles are too much. Like, I don't, know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I actually had, he, I had him as a doll, and he could have been, like, the stand-in, like, John, John Smith. He could have been the one, but it was like, no. Like, you have a great story, but you, you're not, you're not appropriate. So, obviously like the first order of business needs to be the music because it's literally insane like they have all these movies now where it's like you know this is supposed to be a kids movie right and then it's just like phil collins literally like going like insane on the soundtrack like oh yeah from the very beginning right out of the gate they're all so good oh yeah and so that is a big part of it for me and then there is like a huge nostalgia part for me. We, my mom, when I was really young, had like a lot. She would get the like cassettes, which I think is another reason why I don't like Lion King one as much as I like Lion King two, because we had the cassette of Lion King two. So I remember hearing the voices in the car. She would just put it into the car and we would listen to it always. And so like we had Lion King two four months, down and so but we never really did that with Lion King. Way down. Yeah, and that honestly is not my favorite song. Like. I, someone said deception the other day and I literally went off and just like sang the entire song yes. with kicking Kovu out, out of Pride Rock. Like that is so good. It's like poignant. Like that zebra, he knew what he was doing. Like it was, it's like, it's too much really. Well, and he, I digress. And he lives in you. He lives yeah. in you. I mean, that's a powerful, powerful yeah. song. Is that the one that they include in the, in the musical? Yeah, that's it. That's in the musical. That's it's the really one good. that very, very good. sings when he, when he starts talking about what the circle of life is, uh, Mufasa's character sings that on the Broadway. Uh, with Devin, um, had no idea. Um, but yeah, so Tarzan, definitely that big nostalgia point of listening to the cassette. And like, I think I even had like, you know, those books where you would like, there would be like a random picture in the middle of a sentence and you would push the the thing and it would like say something. I think I had one of those too. So I think I was like bombarded with it. But honestly, that story is really good. Like, I think her name was Kala. Yeah, the mom was Kala and like her like saving this baby after having that huge trauma of losing her own. He, you know, like that was just so beautiful. I still sometimes it, when I'm having the cry time, when I like need to cry, I'll like listen to her, like Glenn Close's version of You'll Be In My Heart. And then like it goes into Phil Collins, but like that first couple lines where it's just truly like this mother who's like had so much trauma and then oh, yeah. is like trying to like love again. And like, even to like, I mean, I think her Jack was like her mate technically. And like, he was like, not about it. And she was still just like, no, we got to do this. So like her, she's so good. And then like Jane's dad, I don't remember what his name is. Dr. Funny Mustache. He yes. is like so good. Like he's just like, he's funny and like his body is so odd and like he's just like really good and i like just him. make then... just trashing the british right now that's just how they're <laughs> made kate i don't think so i think that was walt disney <laughs> that was mr walt he this was like i don't know what he was doing with that guy but it was like so funny and then obviously Whoopi Goldberg and the elephant like they're like no wait was it Whoopi Goldberg? no it's rosie o'donnell it's it's the white version <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But like, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the it's the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst white version. The white whoopie is roast. It's like the great value white version. Yes, there you go. It's dollar, dollar store, dollar store white Whoopi Goldberg. David, that's so that's so funny. I don't know where we'll be, guys. I don't know names. I don't know animators. I don't know people. 
I don't know anybody. Like I said, I talk to my coffee cup. She she just knows feels. I do just knows feels. So, okay. Also, in in Rosie O'Donnell. Yes, they're so good. Like, oh, Wayne Knight and Rosie O'Donnell. Thank you for that information. I'll never use again. Um, so <laughs> they're just like so funny to me. And like, I literally will still be like, is this water sanitary? It looks questionable to me. That is just like so good. And it's just this like little weird gangly elephant just like hanging out. And then the transition with the mo- the songs too was all really good. But I just, everything about this movie, honestly, is just like so good. I love the storyline. And like when Jane is like drawing Tarzan and she's like his eyes I'm like yeah girl forget his calves his eyes are so strong I love <laughs> yeah I think that uh for me the best part is the soundtrack of this movie which is part of why I had it a little bit lower um it's still on my list but I had it just a little bit lower so my favorite part is the soundtrack not even like really anything from the movie the movie is really good just some enjoyable stuff in it it's has some good humor the story is enjoyable I think part of why the villain is kind of like he just took a hunter guy like okay he's kind of like a generic hunter to me but this was one of the first uh cds that i ever owned so for christmas one year i got a uh, a walkman cd player with third day's first album the beatles number one album with all the number one hits and the yeah. tarzan soundtrack like, i'm not nice. sure you can find a more the eclectic trifecta, yeah like i'm not sure you can find a more eclectic grouping of cds but that's my mom and dad so <laughs> That your your parents should win an award for that one. That's awesome. Yeah, no, Tarzan oh. was my number two because I think culturally impacting films. Yeah. So I think this film right here though was the watershed moment for Disney animation. Like Tarzan comes out and it was so radically different from like every other thing 2D they had done. And then to introduce like Phil Collins, they kind of got back to what some of those films were doing. Were like. It's a ran- again, it's a random choice, but it worked so well. And it was empowering. And I think everyone sleeps on Brother Bear, too, which was his other one that he did for Disney, which was such a great soundtrack, yeah. too. But, but if you look at this, like after Tarzan comes stuff like Treasure Planet, Atlantis, which all kind of followed the same animation style, which was almost the people are a little bit almost more geometric at this point. They're less realistic, but it, it shoved us into this new era of animation that is so underrated. And Tarzan was obviously the most culturally impacting, but it led us into other films that were still so good and people slept on them, like Treasure Planet, like Atlantis. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it, I think it was that one. And then you also had like DreamWorks around the same time getting Brian yes. Adams and do stuff like Spirit. And that, yeah. this was that movie that shoved other animation studios and saying, we need to try a film like Tarzan. Yeah. And I think it culturally impacting it, like, wow, it really hit a generation. That's true. I was just going to say, I remembered what I was going to say. Trashing the camp. I will still listen to it with my windows down. It's literally like banging pots. And I'm like, yeah, this is a banger. Like 100%. And then Instinct did a version. It's literally a banger. And they're just like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, like we used to let, uh, have Samson Barber listen to it. And he spoke gibberish, but he would like sing the song because it was gibberish. So hurt. I remember your mother, Kate, told me once that that was her, possibly her favorite Disney song was trashing the camp <laughs> we really liked tarzan in our family we i think besides this this cassette we had the cd too and we would listen to it like lincoln would get so embarrassed because my mom would roll up to ccs like our conservative private christian <laughs> academy basically and she would be blaring like bill collins or boston and like we would just be like 
you know and like me and Madison would just roll with it we were like yeah we like music and we have good taste but like it would be like mom stop that's fair all right that is a nice little uh encapsulation of the anderson clan <laughs> all right so we have our individual lists so in all this chaos let us uh clarify who has what where Devin, number one uh lion king two beauty and the beast three aladdin four great mass detective five winnie the pooh georgian uh number one aladdin number two tarzan number three the hunchback of notre dame four fox and the hound five oliver and company then kate number one tarzan number two great mouse detective number three aladdin number four hercules and number five Aristocats. then my list number one lion king number two aladdin number three robin hood four tarzan number five the rescuers down under so typically now what i do is make a group list i think we have some nice easy ways to decide on some things so, so first of all all four of us have Aladdin, and it's the only movie that we all four have. So I think that kind of has to be number one. Any debate? I'm not gonna argue. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's your number one, Jordan. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not you got no arguments here. I, I Jordan, you I, win this one. So we all have it high too. It's 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 yeah. number one, number two, number three, number three. So I'll, there's not I'll, much to yeah, say about that. I'll concede. I'll concede to that. Where it gets tough is number two. The only movie that three of us have is Tarzan. I have it four, but it's Kate's one and Georgian's two. So I think that kind of has to be number two then, which means Georgian gets his number one and number two as the group number one and number two. Now, hang, hang on. I don't think Tarzan should be <laughs> Devin, you lose. Devin, you're losing. I, I will say the argument, I, I, I do, I mean, I obviously agree. So I, I don't have it number two, but I don't, I don't have it number two or three. But the fact that, Devin, you and I both have number as our number ones, Lion King, does two number ones outweigh a one, a two, and a four? Absolutely. I do think Lion King is no good, because it's a hot trash movie. I love it, but I don't think it has the same long-lasting impact that Lion King had. Lion so, King has a much more long-lasting impact than that's Tar- what I'm Tarzan talking had, about. Tarzan, had, Tarzan affected one generation a, a lot, and Lion King has affected multiple, multiple. generations. Yeah. So I, I could argue for that for number two. Okay, so I think that. We'll go with Aladdin 1, Lion King 2, Tarzan 3. And then 4 has to be the Great Mouse Detective, I think, because Let's it's go. Devin and Kate's on their lists. And then for number 5, the only person that doesn't have their number 2 on the top 5 for the group is Devin's number 2, Beauty and the Beast. So then I think <laughs> that... I, I know, but... <laughs> but That's that insane. is... I know it should. I, I I I was surprised that nobody else had it other than you, but I didn't think it's really good. But it is just wasn't quite on my list. So I think that just based off of balancing out what we have individually, number one for the group should be Aladdin, two Lion King, three Tarzan, four Great Mouse Detective, and five Beating the Beast. Which means that I I have three on here. Georgian guys number one and number two. Kate has three movies on here. And then Devin, you have actually four movies on out of the top five are on your list. That's usually so, how it goes. <laughs> so I think it's kind of a nice encapsulation. I think we have gone over 13 movies, which is pretty impressive. And to give there's honestly, there's other ones. Is there has there was there a movie that anyone had that they wanted to include, didn't include, and we haven't mentioned it yet? I think uh, I, I think I was the, very 
close to including uh, a goofy movie. Just yeah, it's based very off good. Of nostalgia, and it is a really good movie. It's very, very good. But I, eye to uh, eye. I, yes, I, yes. I, I thank very you. Good, very good. Okay, literally, the I song I die. on my like drive oh, yeah. fast playlist right now, and I like will scream that song like all up and down St. Louis, windows down, no cares. I'm like, yes, I'm listening to a Disney movie song. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's a great song. I also, it's good. I also think Little Mermaid and Mulan deserve shouted out. Um, Reflections yeah. is such an emotional song. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, uh, like just the fact that it's like I'm not even that nostalgic for this movie. And I think it's very good, but the trailer for the live action Mulan uh, has the the like the riff from Reflections in it, and I was like getting like goosebumps, and I was like, why is this getting me so good? Because it's just a good a good melody, so that, that's then, why. But and then it was such a letdown. I haven't seen it. I've heard it's not very good, but we still have the original, so you know, that's all that matters. Anything else that we it's still have to Anything else that we didn't mention out of these movies so far? I think we got, we pretty much covered everything mostly. The only one that's really super random, but it calls out to Devin's number one, or no, your number five. I'm sorry, which was Winnie the Pooh, and I mentioned it in the pre thing before we really got started. But one of my, I almost included on this, and the reason I wanted to clarify is because it was one of my favorite and most emotional versions of Winnie the Pooh was the Search for Christopher Robin. Yeah, that was. I felt like out of all the iterations of Winnie the Pooh, that was like super emotional as a movie. It was really good. I love anything Winnie the Pooh. I'm all in. Yeah, agreed. I think I misunderstood the assignment when we first started. And so I was like, oh, we have to pick like a quote from the movie and then we have to like name our list. And so like, I don't know if you guys could do that like really quickly, like off the cuff, but like very quickly from The Little Mermaid, I was like, my list needs to be called, but daddy, I love him. And so (laughs) that is the name of my list. (laughs) And so, (laughs) and I think that encapsulates why my choices and like, yeah, like this is exactly why I'm like, I just love him and I can't tell you why. Man, that's a great little uh, activity to add in, but um, I, I didn't. <laughs> Don't know where I was like, oh, yes, this is obviously what we do on this podcast. We pick out quotes and then that's that's how we go forth. But, you know, that would be a really fun idea if I had. <laughs> <laughs> if I hadn't thought of that for next time, your condescension is like really strong right now. I'm, well, you to, like, I'm, I'm being condescending to myself for not thinking of that idea. Yeah, it would be thank you for writing carpet airways. Your exes are here, 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 here. There you go. There you go. That kind of does fit. Yeah, Devin. Oh, I gotta pick one for Lion King. Oh man, not for Lion King for your list. Oh, smile, everyone. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Oh, there you go. Man, I feel like one of the whining quotes of Prince John whining about something. Like sucking um, his thumb. Just Yeah. No, what's the line about uh, why he sucks his thumb from the song? I don't remember. I don't remember. Well, anyways. The, yeah, the, no, anytime the snake mentions his mother, he starts sucking like, his mother. thumb. Mother. Mommy. Mommy. Yeah. Mommy. So, so that's that's my quote. Is just Prince John saying mommy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if yours correlates like mine does. Mine was like really I don't th- good. Well I don't out, think it does. Yours is good. Yours you gave the call try. <laughs> the number of jokes we've had tonight, guys. It's it's good. Okay, so I want to wrap it up by thanking Kate and Devin <laughs> and Georgian for joining me tonight. We've had a great time. Great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> there Let we go. Yeah. Anytime, guys. And uh let me know on Instagram your top fives. Where will we right? Where will we wrong? I'm sure someone's going to be like, 
I cannot believe no one had Little Mermaid. I'm sure I, I guarantee you someone will have that opinion. Uh, other things like that. So let me know what's your top five. And the Instagram page there is at shady underscore buffalo underscore podcast. And with that, we'll talk to you all next week. did it everyone